Hi, and thanks for joining us on Sex and Life. It's a podcast about sex and life, and uh, how it interacts with our, our daily lives and our experiences with it. With me, as always, is producer Joe. Always happy to be here. Awesome. And today we have Derek Forgey. I'm saying that right? You are. Excellent. I'm him. I'm responding to that, so you've obviously said my name properly. I'm not looking around for... This is definitely a process of elimination. Yeah, man. It's, it's funny because uh, my last name is Jake Mann. It's very easy. You yes. read it like it's, you know, Jake Mann. And but I've you had, did just say it like, uh, like uh, uh, what's his name, um, uh, for God's sake. The guy who always talks... Well, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. I don't know why the name couldn't come to me. He said Jake Mann. It's, it's, the, a, it's the pausing. It's like the... Yeah. yeah. The, but... English teachers. English teachers be like Jackson, Jake, J- Jacobson, J- Jackman, e- Eli. Very read it. Read yeah. the fucking name. Eli very <laughs> wisely doesn't even bother saying my last name, Joyani. It's just producer Joe. <laughs> producer Joe. It's. I, don't I, I, I just didn't think you wanted me saying your last name, so nobody would actually associate you with this smut. It's um, I, the way I thought you were going to go is my chances of getting a job in Nintendo, but we'll see. Uh, I thought you were going to tell me that people go Yikman. I thought that's right. No, thing. no, you but ever had one of those. No, that that would be. I I wasn't raised in a Jewish area. Uh, that's why I, I say Eli and not Ellie. You know, my my parents aren't Jewish. They're Three Dog Night fans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Venn diagram, I guess. Any, yeah. Anybody over 40 would get that, I think, I hope. Uh, I'm almost there, but I got it. I sort of got it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Derek, yes. uh, tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do for a living, sir? For a living? Uh, well, actually, my day-to-day is working uh, at uh, the Comedy Network. I, I, I uh, work on a show called The Late O'Clock News. It airs during the Daily Show. Some people think it is part of the Daily Show because it airs right in the middle of it. But uh, Paul Lemieux does a two-minute interview a day, and so I help with the, the casting and such. So it's four segments a day between Monday to Thursday, and uh, and it's on. But if you watch if you watch the Daily Show on TV, you'll see it. If you catch it online, you won't. But uh, but it's just late o'clock news, and it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's actually the most. Is there yeah. uh, is there another way to catch it aside from seeing it on the show? Yeah, you can actually go to the Network.ca. You can just look, click on late o'clock news. All the segments are there. It's great to binge watch because they're only two minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can like binge watch it, you know, while just eating a bowl of pasta and be done through all of season one. I I <laughs> I, I, uh, I binge watch um, how it should have ended. Mm. How it should have ended? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of this. Have you? You've not seen it? Is it? It's animated. Is it's it? animated. Yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, I've been wa- binge watched that. It's. Uh, it's great. The late o'clock news. Yeah, that's 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 my that's my day job. That's so uh, you have a background in comedy, I would assume. I do have that. Yes, and even a front ground. Is that front, something? Or for, a foreground. Foreground. Foreground of comedy. Foreground of comedy. Yes. Unless you're Jewish, and then that's all removed. Oh, that's a different thing. That was a different, different, different thing. Jokes. Okay. <laughs> I'm a lot of dessert. Use them, them, them out. That's it. Um, so four an hour ish is what we're yeah. saying. Okay, good to know. I'm just I'm just figuring you guys out. No, okay. one joke every fifteen minutes. <laughs> so, um, how did you start in comedy? Like, was it, did you were you doing stand up or? Yeah, I'm doing stand up for the bulk of my life now. I guess as I inch, inch towards forty. Uh, yeah, I guess most of it at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. I'm how old are you I'm, when I'm you started? Gonna Derek, forty. Are you gonna do like? Oh, maybe. I, I hadn't thought of that, actually. Maybe it's time. Yeah, I got two years to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you started stand-up? Ah, oh, man. Well, I mean, I, that's, that's, that's a loaded question because I guess I really I wasn't great at it at first. Like, you know, I, yeah. many aren't. But uh, I, I very brazenly uh, uh, filled up a coffee house in my hometown of North Bay and did like an hour. When I was about sixteen, which is don't do that. Like that's yeah. that's a terrible thing. <laughs> I mean, I ripped off a lot of material and I plagiarized some and I stole some and I tweaked some and stuff. And I, I thought that was a thing you could do. Like, so I was thinking, I was thinking about cover bands, right? Like, cover if you're a big enough name, that is something you sure. could do. But if you're a sixteen-year-old punk in Northern Ontario, you shouldn't be ripping off Stephen Wright jokes. But I was, I was thinking it was okay because you know, like, well, people do covers of tragically hip songs. Like, people would do, I want a rock and roll night party every day. I can steal a George Carlin joke. Isn't that how that works? Turns out, no, you can't do that. But I had no idea. Like, there was no other frame of reference in my hometown. It wasn't like I go to like the local stand-up comic, you know, yeah. place and just go, hey, what's the? How do I? You know what I mean? Because they would have told me that right away. Don't steal jokes. Fun yeah. fact about yeah. comedy is that. It used to be like that, not stealing, but, but you could yeah. trade. An homage, yeah. or yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you could also like literally buy a joke off of each other when it was uh, heavy on the vaudeville days. Right. So like, yeah, I really like that bit. I'll give you the money for it. Well, I that's seriously cool. wish uh, that was That's pretty cool. Around. That's and pretty I've, cool. I've heard that about some comics. Like, I heard uh, 
that some comics out and out steal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard that, like, uh, I heard a story once where Robin Williams went up to a guy after a show and said, I want to buy that joke. Yeah. Here's a check. You know, it's more than fair. Yeah. You're lucky I'm paying you kind of thing. Right, right. Instead of just taking it. Yeah, I've heard Because, I mean, Robin Williams is fucking Robin Williams. Yeah, I had to follow him once at a club. I had to go up after him. He did 37 minutes. Wow. Yeah, shit. Spirits. He came out, he was doing a movie in 10 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, heard, I heard about that. Yeah. It's uh, my first time on stage. I was sandwiched between uh, Ron Jossel went first, mm. then me, and then uh, Boyd Banks. That's a hell of a who, sandwich. Who yeah. actually made a callback to one of my jokes. Ah, nice. So it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was a great story. Was, I mean, he did 39 minutes and there were still two comics left. Me and uh, um, uh, Robin Archer, I think is his name. Uh, I mean, no, I know that's his name. I wasn't sure if, it was, if he was before or after. But uh, because when... Um, uh, why am I so terrible with names on this day? Um, the host. Joanne. Joanne. Jelly, for God's sake, what is wrong with me? Uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't come up with Christopher Walken or somebody that I know. Uh, she, she said, hey, would you mind if Robin went up ahead of you? He just wants to do a bit of time. And I thought she meant my friend Robin Archer. Whoa. I'm like, oh, Robin, of course. Well, why is he being such a... Yeah, I'm like, how... Why is he being such a diva? We're like, what's what's his problem? Why What's he in such a rush for? He's like the same, you know, same caliber that I am. What's yeah. the big deal? And then I saw, just there was like a hub, there was like a, a commotion by the door, and I'm like, oh, it's Robin Williams. Oh, Oscar winner Robin Williams. That Robin. Yeah. Oh, I understand. He, he can yeah. do anything, and I wipe I guess his he, ass. I guess he can do that. And then going up after a 39-minute Robin Williams set at an open mic night is pointless. Like, yeah. just, 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 everybody's just excited and spent, and they're like ready to go home. Yeah. But I still muddled through my seven minutes of, it was just, it was ridiculous. I heard Lewis Black went on there as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, he went it's, on. Uh, He's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, Lewis Black's been up there, and yeah, it seems to be the place to be if big, if you're big, in town. Big, big comics are in town. They go, where do I go? People always say spirits. I heard a story years ago. Yeah, uh, two before we're going to move on to discussing. Dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I heard a story be- many years ago. Uh, I used to hang out at this place called the Living Well. Yes, it was on Young Street. Yes, uh, I know. Across from well. Isabella, mm-hmm. and I was a regular there, and I had gone in, and and uh, I used to hang out with a DJ. A speed dog and uh, as you do as you do <laughs> and uh, he said oh yeah Adam Sandler was in last week uh, who sorry Adam Sandler oh Adam Sandler oh okay he came up asked some guys you know where he could get some weed and they ran across the street because Isabella was where all the drugs were okay and uh, came back with some weed for him and he bought everybody drinks all night and everybody just like left him alone in the corner with his friends mm. but he bought everybody drinks all night hmm it's really cool. I mean, the living wall was the kind of place where nobody gave a fuck who you were. Right. Yeah. It's one of the, one of the you places, know, yeah. one of the waiters walked around with white laces and red braces and nobody said shit because he was doing it just to cause shit. Uh, sure, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and nobody cared. Yeah, You that went was a cool there place. and you just fucking chilled. And that was a very chill place, I, it, as I recall. Hugely chill. And I love the ambiance of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's just so much to see. Um, So, you're not here to talk about the late night news or the late o'clock late news. o'clock news I'm not but I'm glad it came up uh, you're here to discuss a group called heterosexuals for same sex equality correct? correct yes that's why I assume that's why I'm here yes because my birthday was like over a month ago so I assume I'm not being well, ha- I assume happy, this is a ruse of me happy belated no it was March so I mean it was way long ago so <laughs> he's gonna be fucking surprised when he walks out. Everybody's there with a banner. Ah, oh, see, that's how you do it. You do it when it's not your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were saying I, I, I distracted you again. No, it's okay. These <laughs> things happen. Um, so, what is heterosexuals for same-sex equality, and how did it start? Well, I, I think it's just uh, more or less a lightning rod for all that sort of positive energy coming from people who identify as straight. Like, there's people out there like my mother who uh, get angry when they hear stories uh, like anti-LGBT stories, or and they or they get a tear in their eye when they hear good stories that are pro-LGBT and it's like, well, how do you, if you identify as heterosexual and that's what you call yourself and you're in favor of this, how do we harness that? It's almost, it's almost like there's not enough solar panels. We need to get, you know what I mean? We have, to, we have to figure out a way to get all this wonderful energy that's out there. So we just wanted to give people sort of an excuse or, or, a, or a conduit to chime in and be a part of the conversation, right? Because there's, there's like a lumbering beast, especially in Canada, mm-hmm. of just like LGBT positive energy out there. It's like, well, but I mean, even, even myself, I didn't feel like I had the right to chime in or say anything because it wasn't my fight technically even though it affects all of us it doesn't seem like it directly affects you even though it clearly does but uh but there's that there's that perception it's like well it's not for me i don't want to step on toes so we're just like you know what 
if we come up with straight out narrow t-shirts and stickers and we give people a place to chime in, I think we're going to have a lot of supporters and people like we say, it's okay. You, you can march from pride with us. We'll, we'll have our own little float and it's cool. And it's, it's good to just put that out there that you're straight but not narrow. So that hey, is such an amazing catchphrase. <laughs> I think... I think it is brilliant. Did you come up with that? We did not. It's kind of been around for a while. It's been floating up in the ether. It's you know, kind it's, of like the the closets are for clothes. Uh, yeah, sort of like that. But no, but nobody's really sort of grabbed it and and, and made it their own, which we kind of which we kind of did. Because I tried to find the the genesis of it and see like who claimed it, who coined it. But it was just I found nothing. Yeah, so again, you're plagiarizing. Right? What's that? Sorry, God forbid there's a patent on that or something. Yeah, like yeah. if somebody has a patent on, it, I don't want to copyright. But it was just one of those things. Just one of those happy like free love, peace out, brother. Kind of. Those, it's those going kind of back things. to his plagiarism days. Is what <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. No, but <laughs> I mean, at least it's a good cause, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, the genesis of it, the beginning of this whole thing, uh, was actually uh, sparked by 100 Huntley Street, if you can believe that. Really? Yeah, I know. I, was I left across from there. Did you really? I did. Not that you're bragging, but yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was watching it, and this is just before marriage equality had passed, when Paul Martin was trying to push it through, and, and, uh, and they were talking about all of the terrible things that were inevitably going to happen to poor old Canada when marriage equality passes. They were talking about, you know, uh, you know the drug use is going to go up, and you're going to see the divorce race skyrocket because laws won't matter anymore. Cats will be dogs and up will be down and because ma- if marriage doesn't matter, which is the cornerstone of our society, then nothing will matter. That was their angle, right? So like, well, you're going to see intravenous use, drug use on the street and you're going to see everything and like they were just basically saying life as you know it will just be over because it'll just be a slow decline of our whole society. And so I thought, I don't feel that way. You know, my friends don't feel that way. My, most of my family doesn't feel that way. <laughs> like this, I, don't, I don't know of anybody in my life that feels this way. How can they speak on behalf of straight people just so brazenly? And so I thought, well, I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. I'm going to prove that there's, there's more of us than there are of you. You know, and so I, so I went looking for it. I was like, well, maybe there's got to be a group like this that exists already. I can just join and throw my weight behind it. But there wasn't. Like there was, of course, it was PFLAG and of course there yeah. was a gal and was all this other one of the things where I'm like, you know what? I want something that is specifically for heterosexual people so that if anybody has even any slight trepidation of like, this is too gay for me, which is unfortunate, a reality. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a reality thing. I don't want them to have any nervousness. I want them to be, to be like, to jump in full bore, you know, just ankle, like just neck deep. Well, so, I also think that that being completely heterosexual which nobody is but continue <laughs> that's for another podcast 10% 10% <laughs> sure. according well, whatever, to yeah. Kinsey but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to this out but that, that was the it. argument I make is like oh, I think all guys have to be at least 5% gay you have to at least be comfortable with the fact that you have your own penis well uh, yes there is uh, the term, I do enjoy touching my own penis the term I enjoy is heteroflexible but continue uh, you were saying um, <laughs> but for, for everybody else like, like you're saying you know there's the uh, the gay groups and so of course someone yeah, would yeah. say well of course you're for gay rights you're gay yeah, exactly and then the bisexual groups well of course you're for gay rights because you're, you're bisexual which exactly. makes you a cocksucker anyway right so so, so it's just creating that, that, that conduit for people to be to be unapologetically like some people they want to support it they want to chime in but they're just they're too nervous so they don't live in the most tolerant of climates so we just wanted to like do away with all of that and have people jump in enthusiastically and, and get that energy you know what I mean yeah 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 that's kind of where it came from um so you were one of the founding members. Then, I was the founder. The yeah. founding yep, member. Yeah, the founder, yeah, yeah. And how hard was it for you to find other people to to get to join? Like, what, what kind of process was that? Oh, it was very easy. It was uh, just a matter of asking all my... I just asked my smartest, most, you know, socially conscious friends. I, I said, I'm going to buy you guys all lunch. Uh, we're going to go to the Cameron house, and we're gonna, I'm going to feed you all for an afternoon. I just asked them for two hours of your time. I have some ideas. I have this thing, this concept. I'm not sure if it's appropriate. I'm not sure if it's offensive. I'm not sure if it's offside. I want, but I have kind of an idea, and I just want to get all of your – I want you just to scrutinize it. Like, just try and poke holes in this thing. Like, trying to make, trying to figure out where, like, the holes in the boat are. Yeah, yeah. And we just had a two-hour conversation, and we just hammered out basically, like, two years of work. And when was this? This would, this would have been back, I guess, 2004 five? So, because we officially launched in 2007. So, we had that time of, like, getting our mission statement together, getting our prime directives, coming up with the local design and all that kind of stuff, prime directives, and uh, hammering all that stuff, and then, boom, we launched uh, July in uh, 2007. July what? July seventeenth, two thousand seven. Really? Yeah, at the at the Pentagon. Two days Theater. after my birthday. Really? There you go. Yeah, there it is. It was also almost the H. Sissy's birthday as well. <laughs> yeah, so we launched. We had a big uh, sort of comedy show uh, uh, at the Panasonic Theater, and uh, and just and that was our that was our, our starting pistol. That's excellent. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what kind of membership drive do you do now? Is it just like? 
I'm, because I'm, I'm fairly sure I've seen you guys have a booth at Pride. You have, yeah. We've been in there for about, uh, I guess, five or six years now, maybe seven. One of the things you did for fundraising, if I'm not mistaken, was a calendar. That's correct. We did do a calendar, and it was a fundraiser, and it did not make money. So that was uh, really yeah. That's well. It's funny. It, it was so fun. like I, it, I've never invested like a whole year of my life on something, which we did with that calendar, and it was a success in every manageable way except financially. Like it was, it was a spiritual success. It was like an emotional success. We got it was good for our profile. We got some great new members and people who were, like it was good for like it had a really good body positive message, which I was happy about. Yeah, it was all kinds of little perks that I didn't even see coming that happened. Yeah, so I'm. So Certainly glad we did it, and I learned so much about yeah. a lot of things. But it didn't make any cash. It almost did, but it didn't. Now, now I feel like a dick for not buying. One. Buddy, honestly, <laughs> it was it was it was unreal. Like we, it was a couple factors, and I did. I worked with uh, uh, Tall Poppy Art and Design, which are fan, who are fantastic and so talented and so generous and wonderful. I can't say enough good things about them. And we r- rigidly looked at every possible element. Like, well, and we undershot everything. Like we were conservative on every angle. Like, well, if this many stores hold it, if this many people buy it, if this and this, and, this, and we undershot everything, and it still didn't cut it. <laughs> Because everybody's got a calendar on their phone, you know what I mean. And, and the other thing we didn't think of, and you can't, ex- you, you can't, you can, you can whip up as many Excel sheets as you want. One thing you just can't. Sometimes you have factors that you don't think of. We didn't think of the fact that we're marketing to people like me, like guys, like heterosexual males who are uh, socially conscious, who are who are LGBT positive, who are you know body positive, like those kind of those kind of people. And those guys don't buy calendars because there's the stigma of. It being Maxim or Penthouse or Playboy. Yeah. And so just having a calendar with attractive women in it right there sends a message of like, I'm sexist. You know what I mean? Which we didn't even think of. Like, yeah. didn't, because we were thinking it's body positive. It's, it's uh, you know, it's uh, every single month is a different like walk of life and pursuit. So we had a burlesque month. We had a roller derby month. We had a, you know, yoga instructors month. Like every month was a different group of people. So we thought this is a really revolutionary idea. So we thought. But still. It's still a calendar with pretty girls in it. And, and, <laughs> and to be quite honest, I, I undressed Chris Brazil in my mind enough. I actually right. couldn't buy the calendar because I couldn't. I was so I had such a big crush on her. I couldn't. Ah, that's hilarious. Because she's in it, and yeah. it's like she's yeah. Okay. She looked great in it, though. Of course, she yeah, looked great in it. And yeah. she's, she shows me the picture. I'm like, this is a great thing, but in my mind, I'm like, ah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a factor run. too. Yeah, and yeah. it's funny because I wonder if she's like this in the rest of her life. But she, in my opinion, she's one of my favorite bookers. Right. Because she was very, very hard lying about, you book the show this way, you're on stage at this time. Right. You show up to the show at this time, you're on the stage at this time, mm-hmm. you do this much fucking time, nothing more. Yeah. Or else I'll fucking kill you. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. you really believe that she would kill you. Yeah, yeah. When she says that. Mm-hmm. Is she like that with with everything else? Yeah, she's like she's you know she's a good planner. Like she's she did a couple a bunch of shows for us, and uh, and yeah, it's always it, yeah she runs a tight ship for sure, very tight ship. Yeah, she's, and she's she's she's, awesome. she's like a gold. I, I, I'm sure this means something else, but uh, can I say gold star. That probably means something different <laughs> with you guys. But uh, but she's like a gold star uh, volunteer. Like she's been on the board for so long, and she's just she really uh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's, she's her, her weight. She's worth her weight in gold, which seems like I'm underselling because she's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but she's worth my weight in gold. 80 pounds? She's only worth 80 pounds? 80 pounds of gold? Come on, that's still, that's still a lot of gold. Yeah. All right, let's be real. Now, one of the things... You need to mention in density more than size. Fair. Yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, I think that's still fair. One of the things we don't really think about very much... I mean, I mean stereotypes are a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You know, um, there's always been gay stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even some stereotypes for bisexuals. Yes. I learned that uh, too, actually, yeah. Uh you know, one of the ones that I faced being bisexual is the fact that, well, you're really gay. You're just not admitting it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I've heard that that's, a lot of times. Yeah. that's a huge one. Um, are there any stereotypes regarding heterosexuals or straights as it will be? I don't, I don't think so. I think one we dealt with pretty early on, it's, it's going away, which is nice. Like it's, there's less and less of it every year, which is comforting is that this, this LGBT rights thing, this gay marriage fight, this, you know, this equality pursuit is all about gay versus straight. Like there used to be that, that fight of like, uh, you know, there's all the straights on this side, all the gays on this side, and we're going to duke it out and that's the end of it. But that really isn't the case. Like, uh, and people are figuring that out more and more now, like with organizations like ourselves and like with Cindy Lauper's, uh, you know, campaign is really great. And, 
and and uh, there's so many wonderful groups that didn't exist when we started that do now. So it's like such an eclectic mix of people that I think that's happily draining away this this idea that it's like this side and this side. Yeah, we but, did kind of mention something just not too long ago on the show that does to me seem like a stereotype is the idea that a man can't express his appreciation of the female form without coming across as sexist or oh interesting yeah Yeah. i I think i can see that too i think that was one like i meant with the calendar i think that was one of the things like a guy can't really say wow she looks hot because there's so much baggage automatically he's looking at her as a a sexual object yeah yeah yeah. but even more so i think for straight guys Mm -hmm. they're afraid of saying no he looks good because yeah someone's gonna be like oh well you must like want to blow them or something right which totally and so i've one thing i've heard some of the younger guys do is say uh uh no gay but man you look good today mm. yeah no or, yeah no homo or, yeah, yeah no yeah. no homo, not homo. gay but like it's like that needs to be said like yeah on. it's it's a compliment's a compliment see, like, see for me if a guy says that the, the red flags that go off in my head like if he says i'm not gay but you look great. The you look great part doesn't sound like the gay part to me. The mm-hmm. I'm not gay part is the part that I'm that I'm weirded about. But, like that's <laughs> the fact that you had to say that. Like, and, you know and what I mean, it's a fact that you know uh, most homophobes are gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, well, Ted Haggard. I mean, hello. What, what more I, do you need? He's. I have, I have one friend who could not be more homophobic, and he's not gay. He's so afraid of gay that right. he can't, he, like he's he's afraid that he might be gay, so he does things that are even more deliberately ungay. Just to try to get himself out of his own. Yeah, that's, that's game, complicated. I, I'm game bashers do that. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at his house and we're playing Mario Kart, which is a very you know uh, sexually non uh, concernable game. And I'm I have the beholder. I, Sorry, I, 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 I pick Princess Peach because uh, I usually play her in Mario Kart, and he's like, well, "Why are you playing Peach?" I'm like, "Because Peach is awesome and she's hot." It's like, "Yeah, <laughs> she is a girl. She's not real." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, your point." Like that's how. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite jokes about homophobes. Was uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, and he's like, "Why are you punching me? Because I want to kiss you, and I don't know how to tell you that I love you." <laughs> well, if I may, uh, Key and Peel has a really good bullying sketch that just they did on season one. I don't know if you've seen it. I highly recommend you, you Google that one. It's really quick, and uh, he's and he like he smacks the book out of his hand. And he's like, "Why are you doing this?" Because like, I see you better than yourself, man. I don't like it. He's like, "I'm stupid." And I see you get smart, and it makes me angry. And he's like, "So the bully <laughs> is saying all the things like he's completely in touch with his own." It's really yeah. great. And then and then he call and then he calls him a fag, and, and he's like, "Hey, man, why do you gotta go there?" He's like, "Because sometimes at night I have thoughts in my head that I want to be with a man. And I don't know how to deal with it." <laughs> you know what? It's so good. I, 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 I'll be honest. Uh, I don't watch a lot of them, but what I have seen. Of them has been very, very intelligent. Keen feels pretty strong. Pretty Especially strong, yeah. um, the thing he did with Obama. Oh, the Obama translation. Because so they, they they had done that, you know, with yeah, yeah. Uh, the other guy pretending to be yeah, Obama, yeah, yeah. but with actual Obama, that was... That was pretty uh, pretty solid. I, that was very solid. They, they're uh, they're a smart group. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I think they're really underrated. I think they're really and uh, one of the things I find uh, really cool is that there's always that stereotype that black men aren't gay. Right. Yes. And so for them to do that whole thing, like you were saying, yeah, pretty awesome. to me that I, you know, just, I gained, gained that much more respect for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pretty great. Because that was one of the things, um, and we had talked about this before, uh, on another episode, uh, when I was growing up, I was very much for gay rights. Mm-hmm. And even before I had ever explored my own sexuality. Right. And people thought I was gay because I was for gay rights. Sure, yeah. Now, do you ever find that happens? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I got, I got trolls. I got people who, you know, get, come after me. It's funny. I've, I've probably, I've probably had more, fa- you know, fag bombs thrown my way than the average gay man who's, you know, public. Because I mean, it's just because if you can't attack the message, which you know, I think our messages are pretty, are pretty solid, pretty yeah. bulletproof, then you go after the person who's saying it, right. And a lot of people who who can't find anything wrong with either our videos or our photo campaigns or or the, or the uh, you know the activism work that we do, then they come after me or they come with the people in the video or or they just attack. Randomly, yeah, just yeah, randomly. It's just, it's just it's just filth. It's just hate because they have no other argument. You know? So it, you must be getting that double because you're you're not only standing up for gay rights, but you're a ginger. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's all true. Yes, <laughs> but it's fun, and I'll, and I'll I'll never know. And and my friends have brought this up, and I, and I completely agree. I'll never know the hurt of that 
entirely. Like, I'll never know. I mean, I mean even though I'll get called the F-bomb, and, and even though that will come at me. it's And sure, it's it makes you... It, it's, it makes you feel bad, and it's like you just don't like the hatred that's behind it. Yeah. But it's not directed directly at me because I know, like, I'm I'm married to a woman, and I know that's not directly... You know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. I'm explaining this terribly. No, no. But, but, I'm, gonna, it's, but it's, I'm never going to know... I'm never fully going to experience the hate of that never, because, I, because, because I'm not a gay man. I've never had that struggle. You're never going to experience the hate of that. You're never going to experience... Uh, the self-loathing, yeah, especially exactly. from people my age or older. Right. Um, I think kids nowadays. I, I hope they understand how easy they have it. My uh, my youngest son is trans, mm-hmm. as I've said in many episodes, and he has nothing but love and support. That's so great. So he's never going to understand. Yeah. How a, a, a disease is pinned on gays. Right. Like grids. All the things that came before, right? yeah. Um, not going to understand the struggle or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've heard stories about uh, guys who've come out to their families and the families kicked them out. Yeah. Like, just, fuck you, see you later. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of stuff. And I, I think because I'm, my family's very liberal, uh, thankfully, and, and I was raised very open-minded... But I've lived in the village, and I've walked down the street and had cars go by screaming fag. And that is one of the scariest things sure. I've I've ever experienced because you don't know if they're going to stop and I'll jump out yeah. and beat the shit out of you right. just for being in an area. Sure. Because they don't stop and say, are you gay? Not that it makes gay bashing okay, but I'm just saying it doesn't matter who you are. Walking through that area... Right. You're putting your life at risk for these, uh, due to these small-minded people. Mm-hmm. Now imagine living that way and, and 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 spiritually, emotionally needing to be in the village because that's the only place where you fit in. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so few of them, so few, so few like oasises of. <laughs> is that is that a word? Oasis? Yeah. Oasis of of safety, like you yeah, got, you yeah, got, finding yeah, yeah uh, Castro Street, sanctuary, you know, a sanctuary, large that, desert of hostility. Yeah, that yeah. was the word I was looking for. Like you got Castro Street, and you know San Francisco. You got Church Street here. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Greenwich yeah. Village in New York. Yeah, right? sure. Like, but it's but yeah. There's not that's not that's very few considering that this is a part of the human condition. You know. So do you feel? Do you feel like to some extent privileged because you haven't had to go through that? Or oh, most certainly. I actually I bring that up a lot more lately. Like the fact that I'm a heterosexual white male living in North America. Like I've had a pretty pretty easy ride, you know. And I, I don't deny that any 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 second at all. Now, one of the things that I find so amazing is is that being a straight man that you're so impassioned about it. Mm. Um, what caused you to get other than 100 Huntley Street? <laughs> because <laughs> those. Those uh, uh, idiots are enough to get anybody's ire up. Um, like, have you? You're ever... gonna lose some sponsorship by saying stuff like that. But you're gonna lose... <laughs> Those guys are pulling out of their sponsorship. The one on the not gonna back buy commercials on the show. But anyway, continue. No, it's no, your funeral. No, no right wing ads. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Hang on. Sorry, as a producer, are you being sarcastic right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This um, next blog brought to you by the Watchtower. Sorry. <laughs> and awakenings. Yeah, would that be amazing? Um. Is it like, did you have like a gay friend growing up and you saw them go through some like hardships or? Well, I had gay friends, but not, not out, like not outwardly gay friends. I know that now that I did. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't like I knew that I did in, in, uh, in my small town of Manawa, Ontario. But yeah, I definitely did. My so sister, you're not even from North Bay. Well, no, I see. I, I don't say Manawa because nobody knows where the hell that is. I, you're I, claiming I, the big city I'm and like, you're from the sticks. Manawa is the big city from where I'm from. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Manawa so, still... North Bay is still bigger than Mattawa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's like 56,000 versus 3,000. Like, it's, yeah, a substantial... I've been to difference. schools that have had more than 3,000 people in them. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're almost like 2,500 now. But anyway, that's, uh, that's a whole other story. Let's not get into the population of rural towns. Uh, no, my sister came out... Uh, uh, long time ago not like in her 20s but uh but that but i, st- I already had, the hcc was already like on its way like it was already kicking and ready to go and that was already that was already fired up a lot of people think that it was inspired by that it's certainly it's certainly uh stoked the fire it's certainly uh made yeah. it a lot more real and yeah be more passionate about it like and fired everybody up but uh mm-hmm. but that wasn't the genesis of it was your was your uh upbringing very liberal like was it something that that 
you'd watch the news with your parents and, and they'd be like, that's fucked up. Well, I think, yeah, my, my mom and dad have really good uh, bullshit detectors, I guess. Like, they just really, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's political or if it's news or if it's just like, if it's like a long distance plan. You know, they Does, just, did they it just, make it hard lying when you were a kid? What's that? Did their bullshit detectors make it hard for you to lie when you were a kid? Uh, well, I, that was the cool thing is I never really had to. Like, I never had to lie about stuff. It was so, it was a very, just a very open, honest kind of place. Like, I, they knew where I was, they knew what I was doing, and there was a lot of trust there, and therefore I didn't want to burn the trust, right? Like, so I just was, I just, I was a really boring teenager. Like, I didn't really do anything that ex- that rebellious. All my friends drank. I didn't drink. I didn't, like, I didn't do any drugs. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's completely boring. But, uh, but considered to be the life of the party by many, but never drunk. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But, uh, but yeah, my, my parents are just really, just really upfront and direct. And, uh, and so when you hear, when you see something like, like homophobia or even something like racism, you're just like, that's, that's just, that's stupid. That's, that doesn't make sense. Like the math doesn't jive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like, wait a second. That doesn't wait. Hold on. You know, it's, it's not even about, it's not even really about ethics really to a, to a degree. It's not even about, it's not about uh, some kind of uh, bleeding heart thing it's just like no the math doesn't sink and the logic isn't there and that's bullshit yeah end of story I'd, I'd, any kind of argument against gay marriage to me is it's silly I yeah mean, they, well the definition of marriage is how many times have we changed the definition of marriage exactly yeah in the past we'll make and it yeah, easy and, and say yeah, 400 years what has years. always been the, the fundamental of marriage which is a union of two people who want to commit to each other for whatever reason, sure, you would like to think that it love is in there somewhere, but right. not to acquire land yeah. or cattle or well, whatever the law the, was or whatever country. Yeah, yeah. the term <laughs> marriage isn't even necessarily about people. You can marry two pieces of equipment, right? And you know, it's an actual phrase. It's an actual word, right? And as it's, I've often asked people, you know, is it the the wording? Right. That is important. Mm-hmm. Or is it the rights that go with it? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. And I think it's so different for so many different people. Uh, I think it has a lot to, like, I, I could list off a dozen reasons why, like, just in the, the day-to-day conversations I've had in this cause of us being fairly public and just, you know, you kind of make it a target for yourself and people who just have all kinds of questions. And, and uh, it's the, sometimes it's just the fact that the word sex is in it, like just same sex. It just makes people nervous. Right at its core, like just in the labeling and the marketing of it. You know, that's why we keep, we keep pushing, you know, marriage equality to make those people just go, well, okay, I guess I can talk about this then. You know, like people don't even like talking about the idea of sex. And then I, uh, in the same uh, vein as uh, this sex ed issue that's happening right now, like all these parents that are rallying against the sex ed curriculum. What, you know, why don't you take a minute and explain some of that? Though. Okay, so I guess the, the, this, the, the parallels I'm trying to draw is that uh, when you connect sex and your kids as a topic of conversation people just their dna kicks in because we know we're not supposed to mix those two things together like we're not like it's just in your dna so automatically people just have a knee jerk like i'm uncomfortable and i don't want to talk about it therefore i'm against it you know so you just have to get past those those initial roadblocks of like okay hold on let's just take a breath and have an adult pragmatic conversation here and then when you but getting to that point is often difficult a lot of people don't want to be adults when it comes to something that yeah. they really don't have a leg to stand on about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, my, my, again, my parents were very liberal. My mom was very open about sex. And, and um, I think I grew up emotionally healthier, when it, at least when it comes to sex. I agree, yeah. Uh, due to that, you know. And she, and she told me, you know, like when your daughter, because I have kids, and, you know, when they ask about sex... Tell them. Yeah. But don't give them any more information than they need. Sure, yeah. You know, a two-year-old will come up and say, well, where do babies come from? You tell them. They come from mommy's belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And that usually has them satisfied. That'll, that'll get you going until they're four. Exactly. <laughs> and then they'll come back, well, okay, how does the baby get into the, the belly? Oh, well, when, you know, a man and a woman mm-hmm. get together and they love each other and they have sex for the purpose of creating a child... Okay. That's me. All right, fine. <laughs> See you when I'm eight. Exactly, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's very step by step. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, to your understanding, what what is the the issue about the sex ed in the schools? 
Well, just, I mean, just that we're trying to update the curriculum for the first time since 98, I think it is, 95, something embarrassing like that. Like, we haven't updated it for a really long time. Yeah. And this is hot on the heels. I just did this show called uh, Losing It, and uh, I did three seasons of that, and it was like eight episodes a, a season, so we're talking 60 people a season, which is like, so I've heard hundreds of stories from people from the ages of 19 up to 42. Uh, of when they lost their virginity. So I sat through hundreds of those stories and gave everybody 30 minutes to tell that story. And in, in that time, we also talked about sex ed and what they learned and what they didn't learn. So I, in the time that I did this show, sort of by accident, I kind of became this quasi-sex ed expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not expert isn't, isn't the right word because I still have so much more to learn. But my knowledge understanding of the issue went from like a three to a seven in just in a few, like two years. And so, uh, and I, I got to see, I got to hear from like functioning smart adults of how bad the sex situation in Ontario is and how bad it's been for years. And so, and then hot off the heels of that comes this, comes Kathleen Wynne going, okay, let's update this. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then I hear this resistance from people and I'm going, what are you talking about? How could you... How can you resist something that is like, it's just, it's, and it has to do with your own baggage. It has to do with like, I don't like it and I'm uncomfortable. And, you know, it's, it's, just, it's the same people who are against it are the same ones who, uh, who when their kid comes up to them and says, like you said, how are babies born? Go ask your mother. That's so the, those are the people, for, I hate to paint with the same brush, but those are the people who are usually at the rallies the, against the, the, the curriculum. The stork brings them, okay? Yeah, the stork brings them and stop asking me questions. Like that's... You know, and this, and I did actually a little short video on it on my little fan page thing that actually did pretty well. I guess I launched at the right time. But, uh, but I think that the, the point that I was trying to make was taking an interest in your child's education is good parenting. But trying to stop them from learning something that will keep them safe is not good parenting. So I just called it out. Like, if you're against this, you're a bad parent. End of story. Like, you're just, you're doing something that, because if they're LGB or T, and they don't know what those terms mean, now you've made them a suicide risk. Like, you tell me that that's good parenting? Come on. Like, oh, I'm protecting my child from something that they shouldn't hear. No, you're actually making, putting them at risk. Back, uh, fuck, over 20 years ago, mm -hmm. when I first got introduced to the gay scene and started really trying to learn more about it, uh, I read a statistic that said over 50% of teen suicides are attempted or committed, mm -hmm. uh, the attempts are committed due to uh, sexual confusion. Not even necessarily because they're gay or bisexual yeah. or trans, just because they wonder. Right. Just because it's, it's this murky, confusing uh, thing that we put on a pedestal and, we, and we, we talk in euphemisms and we talk around it, we avoid it, we dodge it. And then we heap shame onto it. You know, uh, yeah, it's... it's Does anybody here have any of the stats on uh, teen pregnancies? Uh, one of my favorite stats is that pretty much in every town, uh, the, uh, the stats of... Like if there's one Catholic school, like I'm from North Bay, for example. Yeah. Like we've got five high schools and then... Well, six. And then one is Catholic and the yeah. rest are public. And the Catholic school's pregnancy rate is always head and shoulders above the rest of them. Because they teach abstinence. And this happens in Sudbury. This happens in North Bay. At any time there's a town where there's like one Catholic school and a bunch of other high schools, the Catholics are always way ahead with teen pregnancy. I was going to pull up some more stats, but my PC is updating. <laughs> ah. Windows 8. I cannot say not good things about it. I just shared a stat from my brain. That's something. That's that's, hold, that can hold us over, I guess. That was, that I, wish I, had, I wish I had some percentages, but I know that, like... Just, I mean, it, my, is, it is nice when people are informed and not... You know, well, I didn't have any numbers. My, my point you being... Didn't <laughs> yeah. My point being is that we're, we're in the new millennium, mm -hmm. and there are still children having children. Yeah. Uh, my youngest son had a friend who I think is now 16, mm -hmm. but had a baby when she was 14. Wow, yeah. 14-year-olds having babies. Does this not bother most people? Like, these people who are protesting the new sex ed curriculum, mm -hmm. do, do they have blinders on when, when they hear about these things? You know, when we talk about uh, uh, HIV and we talk about... Uh, HPV and warts and herpes and, you know, things that you're going to get and you cannot get rid of, you know, like, is, I know a guy who may or may not have gotten crabs, wasn't me, fuck off. Um, <laughs> shampoo. Sure. 
Gets rid of them. There you go. Huh? Done. I, another guy, it's uh, more likely the producer than me, definitely, because uh, he's a slut, not me, uh, had the clap. Took a pill. It was gone. There you go. You know? But was at least smart enough to know the symptoms. Sure. In, in your estimation, what is wrong with these people who don't want to safeguard their children? Well, they think they are. That's the, that's the problem. Is they, they, they think, like I would say the people who would be at that rally, for example, the people who are like anti, anti-curriculum, would say that the 14-year-old pregnant girl that you speak of uh, got that way because of sex ed. Like they would make that connection of like, because you put the idea in her head. That's where she got it from. Like they, they had this idea of like mm-hmm. if you put if you talk about this in great like if if you talk to my ten year old about sex then they're gonna go off and blah blah blah. It's like no no no. Where it's age appropriate and it's everybody talk. It's cool. And like the thought's already in their head. It's there. And if and if you think that your kids aren't thinking about it in their teenage years, you are on a delusional level that I can't even imagine. There's a there's a song I was forced to listen to on the way over here, <laughs> and it says, "If you love me right, we fuck for life." <laughs> it's a pop song on the radio. Right. So it's a sex ed class that's teaching our kids about sex right. and not pop music. Okay, here's another point that I made in that little video that I made, which you can find on my little fan page thing. I think you guys would okay. take it. Fan page? I have oh, a yeah. fan page. So just go to Facebook and search my name, Derek Forgie, F-O-R-G-I-E. You'll find it. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll, yeah, yeah, it'll be there. So the point that I made was, is that Every other song on the radio, every movie, every TV show, like this, just it's just it's just screaming, like everything is just like go and fuck, hurry, like everything in my life was just fucking go quickly and fast and now, like everything that you're hearing. So and I am, I I do do it quickly and fast. (laughs) So this idea that you're that. Keeping your kids from learning something about it is going to keep them not pregnant, disease-free, and pure, like a little smiley, like a little apple in their hand. Like, it's just, it's, it's so, it's delusional on a level that I can't, I can't even fathom. <laughs> now, what kind of uh, uh, work does uh, heterosexuals for same-sex equality do? You, you do uh, fundraisers to help yeah. the, the organization itself. You guys... Uh, have you only ever had like one float in the the Pride Parade, or is this something you're doing every year? Well, we just we just did actually a, a good little tour last last summer. We did a bunch of different cities. We were out in uh, Prince George, BC. We did London, Ontario. Uh, we actually did Reykjavik uh, once, well as well. Uh, so we had a bunch of we had Perth, which has had a, has an adorable little tiny modest uh, almost like a backyard barbecue Pride, which is really cool. Nice. So we did like five or six this year uh, throughout the course of a couple weeks. Uh, which was nice. But it's, I'm glad you actually brought this up because we're uh, changing our gears a bit. Um, we're streamlining. I sort of look back at the past um, you know, nearly near decade of things that we've done and looked at our biggest successes and like the, the, the things that have resonated the most or created the most conversation or been the most successful. And it's all been uh, photos and videos. Like We've just had a really good streak of luck with uh, some of the viral videos that we've made. And just I guess they're just clicking and they're just doing like the calendar was great, but it didn't make us any money. And it was a lot of work. A lot of organizing and didn't yeah. really resonate in, in, in a financial way, uh, which was its initial purpose. And so we did letter writing campaigns, which are great, and we love doing them. But it's just it's finding a person to spearhead it is difficult. Like when uh, when Illinois was just about to, to uh, vote on it uh, on marriage equality for the for the state, we actually physically sent a letter and like a sticker and a couple of shirts to every single uh, senator. Like we sent personally like their own address, their own campaign headquarters with their name on it and had a stamp and a letter and that's kind of unconventional like a lot of people don't get letters anymore and, and so we do, we do we do letter writing campaigns yeah. like for senators we do uh, when the companies do things that are so LGB positive or negative we recite them letters like good job or tisk tisk like we do that as well but we've been doing that for years but we're streamlining now to just videos and photos because that's how we can reach the most people and make the best use of our time so actually that's kind of mm. sort of quasi breaking oh, that's, that's that's uh, <laughs> I mean letter writing campaigns I mean how many people do you have on staff uh, staff, I don't know if staff is the right word. We, we're, we have an impressive team of volunteers, like our, um, our steering committee is, uh, is, uh, 10. And then we've got our sort of like aside and the next sort of echelon of that is like a, a wonderful team of volunteers, which is about 20. And then we've got thousands of people that just like tweet stuff and, and, uh, like us on Facebook and all that jazz. But yeah, so I would say a core of eight, uh, and then two members at large that, uh, that make all this stuff happen. Wow. Yeah. And, and are they like... 
employees or is it purely volunteers? That would be amazing if there was eight employees. That would be spectacular. But no, it's uh, all volunteer hours and uh, we just we just make money to cover our costs on things and uh, and pay for it. We've actually, I guess we've dropped about, getting close to 50 grand now. Uh, and then we've recouped about 46 grand in it back. So we're in a bit of wow. debt. So it's just like, cause you, 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 fundraisers sometimes work, sometimes they don't. And then uh, we do presentations in high schools as well. And sometimes the schools can pay us, sometimes they can't. And so like the, a teacher will be really enthusiastic. They've started in a, uh, like a, a GSA. They go to the principal. The principal says, well, that's fine, but we can't pay them. And so we end up paying for the rental car ourselves because we don't want to say no to it. You know what I mean? We want to still get up to Espanola, Ontario. So in that way, it's not much yeah, different than stand-up comedy. Yeah, it's a very good point you raise. It's, yeah, tough and on the road and thankless and doesn't pay very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the principal just finished signing a check for a new set of football gear. Right, exactly, yeah. It's like, well, we did a, helmets aren't going to pay for themselves. But, yeah, so a lot of times some stuff makes money, sometimes doesn't, so it ends up just sort of balancing out and us being nearly at zero north or south of it, red or black of it at different points of the year. And do you guys have a, a website or is it just a, fa- a Facebook page? Yeah, straight.narrow.ca is where you can find all our stuff. So we're going to be retweaking that and uh, uh, it's going to be sort of a very video and photo-centric uh, site in the, in the coming weeks. So straight.narrow.ca. Find us there. I highly encourage it. Other than funding, yes. what are some of the other, other obstacles you guys have been facing? Um, nervousness of... T- uh, teachers and mm-hmm. boards and principals. Uh, there, have, we have gotten a lot of calls. Like we do this thing called a quality check, and it's a forty-five minute presentation. I just did one last week, actually, uh, in Oakville. Uh, it's a forty-five minutes kind of like uh, homophobia roast. I keep it very light and we keep it very fun and sort of like poking poking fun at homophobia and just outdated myths and mythology and all that kind of stuff like stereotypes. So we make fun of that. You know, we give people other. You know, we talk about using "that's so gay" as a, as a term. That's we got to get rid of that out of the vernacular. So we do that. And we'll get a call from somebody, like usually an enthusiastic teacher says, we'd love to have you come up to our school. Can you come? What's your cost? We, we have that conversation. Sounds good. I'm just talking to the principal. We'll see you. We'll see you in May. And then we go, sorry, it's off. Like, we just, it just gets canceled. Yeah. You know, because if, if, if somebody gets wind of it and they, if they crook their eyebrow or if they go, I just, if a anybody says anything, if a parent just goes, I just, it's just, it's gone. So that kind of, in a way, inspired us to sort of just come up with, to, to have a video that we can just send up. Because the idea of a speaker coming to their school makes boards nervous, makes schools nervous. And even if it's just one person that goes, eh, it's off. It's, we've, we've bumped in that so many times of just like they book us, they have a date, they have a time, everything gets approved. And then for some reason, it just evaporates. Which is funny because I think for the most part, Canadians consider themselves quite liberal. True, yeah. We consider ourselves to be at the forefront of this cause, but when it comes, sometimes when the rubber meets the, meets the road, uh, it's, somebody just goes, you know, and then it's, we're like, well, we have to respect their, you know, well, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Would you like for some day uh, to not have to have groups like heterosexuals for same-sex equality. Yeah, I would love to just, like, cancel our website. I would love that. That would be great. Like, if there was just not a need for it, if everybody was, if everybody was just looking at us sideways and going, why do you even have this? It doesn't, there's yeah. no point. That would be a colossal. Like, if we It'd just, be kind of like having yeah. A, a, yeah. a website for uh, Canadians who like to breathe air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Like, if it just came to the point when literally there was just no need for this thing, we could just, like, walk into the woods and die, that would be <laughs> glorious. Like, I would be so into that. And that's partially what this is. This is kind of like an encouraging change that we've gone through because we're seeing so many more people in the fight now. That like when we started, there literally wasn't anything. Like yeah. I went looking for it, and if it existed, it wasn't prominent enough to even show up in a Google search, or I guess back then an Alta Vista or whatever it was back then. That was back <laughs> Ask then. Jeeves, I don't know, yeah. whatever, no, whatever. Was. In a while. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. But back then it didn't exist, but now there's like, there's, it's all splintered, which is great. Like there's so many people who just jumped in that we just don't need to cover all these bases anymore. Like we don't need to do that. There's people who are better funded and, you know, famous or whatever else that are doing this. So we just like, you know what, this is great. Let's just like pack it, like just pack it in a little bit and streamline it because do the things we're best at. Yeah. Which is kind of an encouraging sign. You know, it's, it's like, it's like a step towards us evaporating. I think it was, it was last year's Pride. I saw, um... Oreo was advertising for oh, yes. and they had made like a, a pride they uh, made a pride yeah 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 and on the one hand I thought well there's a company that's kind of getting in on something that's popular but then I also thought think of how many people love Oreo 
like it's one of their own kids, you know, and they, right. they, they love this company and they love everything about it. So when that company is saying, this is okay, mm. we're, we're supportive of this, it can make those people think, well, yeah, you know what? Maybe if Oreo, of all people, is okay are okay with, with that, maybe I can be okay with it. Yeah, that's enormous. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, and what's, and I don't care what your reasoning is. Like, if Oreo was just like, this will be good for our bottom line, fine. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And people are like, oh, they're just doing this to try and get up on the, get some of that gay money. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So what? Great. Fine. And they're saying the same thing with Apple. They were like, uh, or the, sorry, Starbucks. The Starbucks CEO has been very vocal about his support of, of marriage equality and everything else. And he's, and he even told the shareholders, like, which really kind of blew my mind. Like, he was like, well, what about those shareholders that are going to pull out of, uh, of uh, Starbucks because you're pro-gay? He's like, see ya. There's the door. He, and I, well, I was like, Pfft. Now, was just, only he had the same attitude you know? about Monsanto. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. But different thing. <sighs> one, one battle at one. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, like, it's true. And people are seeing, seeing it as, as, a, as, as not just the right thing to do necessarily, but also it's like it's just good business, mm-hmm. which is really encouraging too because they're seeing that people care about this and they chime in and they complain when they don't like it. You know, and they speak up and they boycott and they don't show up like Chick-fil-A. Like, I know they took a bit of a hit. And, and despite how big that story was when Chick-fil-A was like officially became anti-gay, you would think that just by transitive properties, be, your restaurant being discussed yeah. as the main headline would just be good for your business no matter what. But it wasn't. You know, and they've never gotten press like there's, that. There's, people it's, weren't showing it's up. It's funny because there used to be the saying is, is uh, no such thing as bad press. Exactly. And now there is. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the coverage is so prominent. And so quick. Yeah. And so fast. And, like, it's it's tweeted and it's trending and boom, it's there. It's so quick. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a huge follower of the games industry, and um, Nintendo puts out this game, cute little game called Tamodachi Life. It's like a life simulator thing. You just make yourself and your friends and your family. Okay. And there was marriage in it. Ah, but there wasn't gay marriage, and people oh. were talking, were sending messages to Nintendo, and it's not like Nintendo's against us or anything. Nintendo's just like, we're sorry, we had no idea people wanted to do that. Oh, okay. Just, maybe next time we put one out, we'll do that. But we honestly, God, thought it was just. What they be, couldn't upload a patch? They probably could. I need some quick fix. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't have the answer to this. This is a foreign world to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Doing anything for this pride? Uh, yeah, where are we? This this might actually be our uh, this might be our last one. Like we have a we will still march, but we, this might be our last uh, booth because we used to, like I said we sell our straight air t shirts and stuff. Yeah. But we're actually streamlining that as well. We're just going to the the, the video making world uh, because we just we just it's nice that we don't really need to be there anymore in a way. Like and, and cool. if people can't make it to the pride but still want a straight but not narrow t-shirt they can get they can just uh, direct message us uh, they can find us on our website so just drop me a line we don't our our little grid is coming to sell shirts online it's not there yet but just uh, drop us a message straight on narrow.ca or our facebook page which is just facebook slash t-h-e-h-s-s-e find us there direct message us and i'll hook you up with the size and the color that you like or any, tweet us for god's sake that's fine too any other uh, plugs that's it. Just just watch our videos and share them. If when you go to straightonarrow.ca, you're going to find our videos. There's one for National Coming Out Day. There's one that directly speaks to heter- uh, homophobic males, and there's a lot of stuff for a lot of different types of people and a lot of different causes. So if you find something that you like, just literally just share it with your life. Just share it on your Facebook page or tweet it out and just say, "I believe in this. I, I think this is great." And just just to put that message out there, just to show yourself that you're. I, I guess I encourage people to come out as an ally. Let's put it that way. Wonderful, yeah. Derek Forge. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. On behalf of producer Joe and myself, uh, thank you for coming and thank you uh, to all the listeners out there. I uh, hope to have you back in two weeks. <laughs>